In Acts 8, uh, Philip the evangelist, uh, verses 5 through 8, amen, uh, says here, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing miracles, which he did. Notice that, um, that Philip actually operated in the miracles of God. Amen. You know, Jesus said it this way. He said, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works you will do, because I go to the Father. Does, does God want us doing greater works? Does God want us doing greater works than even Jesus? Jesus said, greater works you will do. Is that amazing? In other words, God is always trying to bring us up to his level. The devil's always trying to bring us down to his level. God's always trying to bring us to the supernatural. The devil's always trying to bring us down to the natural. Amen. Listen, if you got God on the inside of you, you have Jesus, you are, you are the supernatural. I'm telling you, if you receive Jesus, that's a supernatural thing because the Bible says you're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. That's a supernatural miracle for our hearts to be transformed. Just getting saved is a supernatural miracle for each one of us. Just the fact because at one time you guys probably had no desire to go to church. You had no church. Like I was witnessing this one person. I said, hey, do you go to church? And the person said, church, church. Yeah, church. What's wrong? Hey, I don't go to church. You know, like, like it's the worst thing on planet Earth, you know. And you know, what, what I realized that this person must not have true salvation because if they did, they would say, oh, yeah, I love church. I love the word of God. You see, if you got true salvation, you should have a desire to be in the house of the Lord. You should have a desire to listen to some worship. Worship music. You should have a desire, you know, when, when you win a gospel program and you change the channel and it comes on, you should kind of stick there for a little bit. What is that guy saying? Why? Yeah, because, you know, you, you know, your carnal side said, let's go to, you know, let's go to this carnal station, right? Because carnality wants more carnality. But you hit that button. Oh, what is it? And the truth starts coming out of this minister's mouth. He said, Man, what is it? What is he saying here? And pretty soon you start getting built up. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Today? We should have a desire. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. We shouldn't, you know, church should not be just a religious thing for us. Amen. Church should be a life-giving thing for us. We're here to receive life and life more abundantly. Amen. Glory to God. I'm telling you, when I fell out of church many years ago because I got saved and I was in church and then I fell out of church, got too busy for God. Man, you know, my life was like dead. You know, I mean, I was like, you know, living in the world, but it was like a deadness. But when I came back to God, man, I was like, woo, man, I was alive again. The Bible says awake, uh, wake again to righteousness. So we need to awake to righteousness. Some of you might be asleep out here, but I'm telling you, God wants to wake you up. Do you believe that today? He wants to wake you up, praise God. So we see here that Philip preached the power of God. Amen. He preached it, man. You know what? God wants us walking in the power. God, you know, this, 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 this life is not just, it's not just teaching. Oh yeah, this is what I believe. No, there's power with it. Amen. There's power with the gospel. It is a power unto salvation yeah. to those that believe. There's power in the gospel. Yeah. There's miracles and healings and deliverance. That's part of the package. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yeah. We have the power. It, with, with the Holy Spirit abiding in us. And so we see here in Acts 8, 
14 and 17. So we see here that, that, that Philip went down to Samaria and, and he, he got him saved and he got him water baptized. A lot of Christians would say, well, that's all you need. You need to get saved and water baptized. That's all you need. But we see here that the apostles thought differently because in Acts 14 and 17, it says, Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem and heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Think about this. You know, they already got saved. They got water baptized. Miracles were happening under Philip's ministry. They were being delivered and set free. But these apostles were dispatched to make sure that they got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They actually, you know, they actually took time out. If they had all the God that they needed, why would the apostles go down to Samaria and pray and lay hands on them to receive this gift? Because we need more. Amen. We need more. Amen? Amen. So, so it says here that, uh, that they may receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had not fallen upon none of them. Talking about the Holy Spirit. They had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Well, did they have already had the Holy Spirit when Philip preached to them and they, they received Christ and they got water back? Yes, they had the, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, but they needed the Holy Spirit to be upon them so they can walk in the, this life in power. Yes, yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Isn't that interesting that the apostles thought it was important enough to go down there and to lay hands on them? And in Acts 10 verses 44 through 48. This is 10 years. Now, some say, well, that was only for that one time. But but you're looking at five years later when, when, when Philip preached in Samaria. And 10 years later was when uh, when Peter ministered to the house of Cornelius. Amen. And the Roman Italian. And uh, and so it was 10 years later. And in, in Acts 10, 44 through 48, it says the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles. This is just uh, it says, why well, Peter was still speaking these words, talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. And many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So we see here that, uh, you know, this was when the Gentiles came in to the kingdom of God. The Jews only thought it was just for them. They thought that it was that salvation was just for the Jews. But, you know, God had opened up for, God, for, for the whole world. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, not just the Jews. But God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. And so we see here that the evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. That's, that's a, a, a clue that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then 20 years later, somebody say 20 years later. See, is God still on the move? Yes. Is God still on? You could say 2,000 years later, Pastor David was in a prayer room in a church and was praying to believing to accept the, receive the Holy Spirit. And I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. 2,000. And I received the baptism. And I started speaking in an unknown tongue. Praise God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is still doing the work today, praise God, for us to walk in the power of God. So don't discount this, you know, what some may say, a lowly gift. Don't discount this 
praying in this gibberish, if you may. Don't discount this because there's power in it. Hallelujah. There's power in it. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And then, then it says here in Acts 19... In Acts 19, it happened, and this is uh, this is Apostle Paul, and it, and this is actually about 20 years later. It happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe?" Think about this: the Apostle Paul that wrote two thirds of the New Testament, and he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Under the inspiration, you know, he may have penned it, but he didn't author it. It, The Holy Spirit authored the the New Testament. The entire Bible, amen, is inspired by God. And so he was inspired to pen this and and to write this, amen. And and it says here that, um, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's funny that he asked that question. He must have felt that it was important for you to receive the Holy Spirit, he must have felt like, hey, man, did, did you get the gift? Did you get the grace gift? Did, are, you, are, you, are you walking in the power of God? Are you, are you speaking in that language where you're speaking as unto the Lord? Are, are, you, are you connecting with heaven? You know, he, he wanted to know. Or, or, or are you just, you know, and, and, they, and, and they said here, um, you know, uh, uh, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? So they said to him, we have not much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. You know, some of the churches like that. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And he, they said, into John bapt- baptism. So they were Baptists. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, um, so, uh, so they were baptized in John's baptism. And then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. Amen. I'm going to say this, that God is moving in every denomination through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's many, many Baptists that are baptized in the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So I'm telling you, God is moving. God is moving. There's Catholics that's baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God is moving. Amen. God is moving and he's revealing himself to each one of us. And God is moving in this day. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so, uh, so he says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, notice, you know, the, the Bible talks about the doctrine of laying on hands. This is something that the church should be doing. When you're praying and when we ask you and you come up here, a lot of times we lay hands on you. And because that is a, it's a contact point, the, 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 the power of God can move through a person into another person. So, so what they did was when they prayed, the power of God would move through a vessel, move through Paul, and the anointing would come upon a person, and they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Same thing when you, when you, when you lay hand. the Bible talks about laying hands on the sick, yes. and they shall recover, amen? Mark 16, 15, and when you read down, it says believers can lay hands on the sick, they cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, yes. and they, 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 they speak with new tongues. Amen. That's a supernatural gift. That's a supernatural sign. Amen. And so we see here that, that as Paul laid hands on them, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we see that in uh, some of the benefits of it. Because, see, listen, I want you ex- get, getting excited about your prayer language. Amen. I want you to get excited. Now, there's some in here that may not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. My goal this morning is to get you thirsty for the baptism of the Holy 
Holy Spirit, to get you in that place where you're praying at, where you receive the, 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 the gift of, of tongues, where you're praying out this supernatural language. Uh, my other goal is for those that have been baptized, for you to exercise it and use it on a daily basis. Amen. Because some people get, get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they don't pray in tongues anymore. Amen. And listen, you, you can once you receive the gift, this special gift, this is a this is a grace gift for your edification. And really, you can you can use it at will. G, uh, Paul said, you know, again, back to quoting first Corinthians fourteen fifteen. He says, I pray in the spirit. I, I pray in the spirit. And I pray in my understanding. I worship in the spirit and I worship. Who's doing it? He is. He, he, you know, it's not while well, I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to come upon me and then I'll pray. No, listen, that's a gift of the spirit. And a lot of the church has gotten this mixed up. There's a gift of tongues uh, for the for the assembly of believers that the whole, it's, called, it's part of the nine gifts of the spirit. I'll go into it next week. But that is different than the grace gift of tongues that you use for your personal edification, for your prayer time and for your worship time with the Lord. That's different than the tongues that that is talked about for, for a body of believers where God uses a person to give a tongue out somebody to interpret and then that's prophecy Amen. that's for the building up of the church but see the prayer grace gift is for the building up of the saint yeah. are you hear what I'm saying it's to build you up is to strengthen you yes are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we see here that one of the uh, one of the, the 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 benefits and blessings of this great grace gift tongues uh, uses spiritual weapon. It's it's a supernatural sign that God gives us to aid us in our Christian witness. In Mark six fifteen and eighteen, like I said before, it says, "Go out into all the world." This is Jesus, and he talks about that whoever believes. Are you a believer? Glory to God. And he says, and whoever believes will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs. So it's a sign. Amen. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. These are all supernatural signs. Now, you know, some take the idea that, that uh, you know, we're not talking about handling snakes, seeing how great our faith is. And I'm not going to have a cobra right here to show you that I have great faith. And, if you know what I'm saying? No, it's saying that if a snake bites you like it bit Paul, you can shake it off like Paul did. And he shook that snake off in the fire and he did not die. Amen. Now, if you get a snake bite, I would say go to the doctor. Amen. Your faith, ma'am. But, you know, if you can't get to the doctor, you can believe God. If you're in the middle of the jungle, you know, you're and you get, you know, just throw it off, shake it off. Amen. If somebody, you know, if you drink poison, now you don't drink poison on purpose to test and tempt God. But if somebody poisoned you, you are protected. Amen. So if your wife's cooking, no, I won't get there, but um, maybe I should say your husband. Some of the husbands cook. Amen. If your husband's cooking, okay, won't go there. Amen. You can eat any deadly thing. 
and it won't hurt you. Don't complain. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I like I like that scripture because, you know, if I forget to bless my food, uh, I can always fall back if I eat any deadly thing. All right. Amen. Glory to God. And so, amen. And so number two, uh, a blessing uh, for tongues is tongues is, is, is for spiritual edification. Now, First Corinthians 14, 4, it says he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, for, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So really, um, so speaking in an unknown tongue, it actually builds you up. It builds you up. I don't know about you, but I need to be built up. I don't know about you, but the enemy's constantly working on me. And, I, you know, I, you know it, how many people stay pretty positive out here and never get down or depressed or ever fighting any kind? I, we, we all fight things, don't we? We live in a, in a natural world. We live in a natural body. And it's just, it's natural. The enemy's trying to keep us down. I need as much building up as I can. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? And if, if the Bible says praying in an unknown tongue builds me up, then I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him. Howbeit, as the Spirit speaks mysteries. Amen. And so here, you know... Um, I want to say this, that when you're praying out in an unknown tongue, I don't believe, that, you know, when you're praying out supernaturally, and it could be angelic, uh, an angelic tongue, it could be tongues of angels, it could be an angelic tongue. I, don't, I, I believe that, that the enemy cannot uh, understand what you're saying. I believe sometimes you're praying some things out supernaturally that needs to be taken care of. You know, sometimes we don't know how to pray. Amen. The second point, the third point is, we don't know how to pray as we ought, the Bible says. This is in Romans 8. We don't know how to pray as we ought. There's sometimes you don't know how to pray. You you know as much, you know, in your natural mind to pray about a circumstance or situation, but sometimes you don't know exactly what to pray about. Sometimes, you know, you have to have the mind of God to pray about something. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that's when you, pr- you ask God, thank you, Lord, I'm going to pray in this situation in the Holy Ghost. Because, you know, we're limited in our own natural abilities. We're limited. Now, the Holy Spirit can give us something to pray about and, 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 and lead us and guide us in prayer. But, but we're limited. But the Holy Spirit's unlimited. And I don't know about you, but I want to tap into the unlimited knowledge of God. And how do we do that? We pray in the Holy Spirit. We pray in tongues, glory to God. We pray out mysteries. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yeah. And when we pray out those mysteries, then, you know, the Bible actually says, pray that you may interpret. Yeah. Do you know the Bible says, the, you know, the Lord doesn't want, is not just us satisfied with just praying in an unknown tongue and not having any understanding behind it. Amen. You know, it's nice to have some understanding of what you're praying out. It's nice to, you know, for God to give you a clue uh, of what you're praying out. Maybe you're praying something out. And maybe it, I would think a lot of times uh, God wants to reveal truth to us and knowledge to us. So really, listen, your spirit knows all things. It's just your natural man doesn't. It's, you know, your spirit is connected with God. You have a new spirit. So it, ha- it has all knowledge because God lives in your spirit. So what we have to do, we have to tap into that knowledge of God. I'm talking about, you know, 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It's like taking the unlimited pill. You know, I want to be unlimited. Amen. They, they talk about there's a pill that you can take and make your brain even smarter. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but listen, the Holy Spirit will make you smarter. The Holy Spirit will give you insight. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. And I remember that I was praying and, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, I was praying in, in tongues. And I remember that a word would pop out and it's called interpretation of tongues. And I, God would start giving me words, English words. That would start coming at, flowing out of my mouth while I was praying in the Holy Ghost. It wasn't coming out of my head. It was coming out of my spirit. And when these words started coming out, it started giving it, God was actually giving me direction and guidance through my prayer language. You know, the most important thing we can seek from God is direction. You know, that we need to know what God wants us to do. You know, the, the, the best place for you to be is in the middle of God's will. Is be doing what God wants you to do. That's the safest place on planet Earth to be is in the middle of God's will. Yes. Amen. And you know what? Some of us aren't walking in the fullness of where we need to be in God. And God's trying to reveal some truth to us. And I was in Rhema. I was back in Oklahoma, just going through graduating. And I was planning on staying there. And I had no, no, you know, I wasn't even, th- I was making my own plans up. Anybody ever make your own plans up? Yes. <laughs> You know, and you know, make your own plans. Something God, God gets a hold of you and say, no, no, you're gonna get, you're gonna, you can get close to me. And He starts drawing you by His Spirit. And so I was praying, loving God, had my own way of what I was gonna do. And the Lord revealed to me through tongues and interpretation to go back to Virginia Beach just through a phrase. And I know you guys heard this before, but you know, it, I wouldn't, I don't know, you know, maybe God could have revealed it in a different way, but you know, it's, I, I said in myself, I would, I wouldn't come back to Virginia Beach. I was happy with Oklahoma. I was single looking for a wife, hadn't found a wife yet. And I was saying, go back to Virginia Beach. I don't even have my good thing yet. Amen. And, but God was revealing truth to me. Praise God, I came back here because I got a great wife, Yen, and, you know, God has blessed me. Praise God. But I had no idea that God was leading me back. And as I prayed out, you know, to, to, to come back to Virginia Beach, and then God confirmed it through other spiritual gifts and uh, confirmation, I'm telling you, I'm so glad that I did. Amen. I'm so glad that I'm here. How many people are glad that I'm here? Okay, Amen. praise God. Amen. And so I'm glad that I came back and started helping the pastor and, and, and started working with him and, and learning how to walk in the gifts of the Spirit and, and praying out things. I'll tell you, it kept, kept me steady. There's sometimes I'd pray out things and I'm about ready to quit. Anybody ever feel like quitting in here? I'm about ready to quit, man. I feel like, man, I feel like quitting. Man, it was many times when I, when I was in the process of growth and being raised up under, the, uh, under our other pastor, under the pastor that, that founded this church, there was plenty of times I just wanted to walk out and quit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I would start praying in the Holy Ghost. And I start building myself in my holy faith. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord would start speaking to me. And He would start, he would start encouraging me. And a couple words of encouragement would pop out. And all of a sudden, like, man, I, I've called you here. You know, and He would pop out. And like, okay, okay, you called me here. But I don't feel like you called me here. You know? And the Holy Spirit would just continue to, to, to speak to me through tongues and interpretation. And He would just he would speak to me. He would keep me settled, keep me grounded. It and pray, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yeah. And it kept me grounded. I started speaking out those things. Amen. You know, praying in the Holy Ghost stimulates your faith. 
I'm going to have to close this down, man. It stimulates your faith. It says in Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God. That's the key. When you're praying the Holy Ghost, I believe it helps you to connect with the Holy Spirit that has the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, long-suffering, temperance, meekness. You know, when we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit, there's no law. That means we're walking in the, the, the we're under the, the spout where the glory comes out. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? It helps you walk in the Spirit, glory to God. It helps you to know, man, I am a spirit. I have a body and I possess a soul and an intellect. We're a tri-part being, glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Hallelujah. Speaking in tongues is a way to keep us from worldly contamination. In 1 Corinthians 14, 28, but but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Amen. Have you ever been in a service where you weren't really connecting? It just seems like the pastor was boring. You're falling asleep. That's the end. That's where you pray in the spirit in silence. Keep your keep your spirit going. All right. Praise God. You hadn't been there. Amen. Maybe there's there's people around that are negative and then, you know, they're speaking all kinds of ungodly things. Start speaking in the spirit. Start building yourself in your most holy faith. I mean, one time I almost got in a fight at work and the assistant manager was trying to pick a fight with me and he was getting in my face and I was getting angry and I was about ready to knock him down. But I held my coal and I I said, hold one moment. I ran to the bathroom and started praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden my anger went down and peace started coming in. And thank God for the Holy Ghost because I could have got fired that day. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God. God is so good. Amen. Amen. Praying in the Holy Ghost gives us a spiritual refreshing. And this is our last point. Amen. It says here that, you know, in Isaiah 28, which is in the Old Testament, God actually speaks in the Old Testament about things that are going to come to pass in the New Testament. And it says in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 28, for with, with a stammering lips and with another tongue will he speak. To this people, to me said, this is the rest where ye may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. And so this is Isaiah 28 talking about with another tongue, God will speak through his people. And he's saying, this is a rest. How many people need some rest today? How many people are weary and burned out and tired and just need the refreshing of God? I'll tell you, I need that refreshing. Glory to God. I need the refreshing of God. Yes, worship and praise will do that. But praying in the Holy Ghost is a refreshing. It it will give you peace. It will disconnect you from the natural realm and connect you in to the supernatural realm of God. I'm telling you, God has given us a powerful arsenal, a weapon. It's like a sharp sword. Those that don't have the, the that, that don't have the bats of the Holy Spirit, they have a dull sword. They can get the job done, but it'll take a lot longer. But I don't know about you. I want a sharp sword that will take the enemy down. Amen. I want. I need a sharp two-edged sword that will cut the enemy down to size. Hallelujah. And it's a spiritual weapon. I want to encourage you. Maybe you don't, you know, you've never been 
baptized in the Holy Spirit with, the, with, with speaking in tongues. God wants you to have this spiritual gift. He doesn't want you walking around this planet without it, praise God. You still can get to heaven, you know, saved and water baptized. You'll still get to heaven, but you may get to heaven, you know, uh, uh, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and in a more powerful witness doing greater things for God. Amen. And you won't be all downtrodden, amen, when you get to heaven. You'll be going into heaven, praise God, as a victor. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up with your most holy faith. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.